Hi, this is Alan Bolio, president of ITR Economics. And first, thank you for joining me for our May 8th Black Swan webinar. Uh, we all really appreciate your being there. You're important to us, and we are happy that we could hopefully be of some help to you. You sent in some really great questions. I want to answer them as best as I possibly can so that you can increase your takeaway value. We have a lot to, uh, to go through, so let me get back to work on it. One of the first things that came up in the list of questions, and there were a number of them on it, uh, had to do with housing. And, and uh, somebody said I was optimistic on housing, and I thought, well, uh, I never thought of it that way. We don't tend to think in terms of pessimism or optimism. We tend to think of where the numbers lead us. But the overriding theme was that it can't be as good as you say, Alan, because of the unemployment trends uh, and because of the potential for increased foreclosures. One question was, will the increase in foreclosures change the forecast? Well, the answer is yes. If there's enough of an increase in foreclosures, which is a wholly unsatisfying answer, but I can't quantify enough because you don't know when the tail is scale is going to tip until you add on that last pebble. They can go up quite a bit before we're going to see a change here. Some increase in foreclosures is expected or else the banks would not have tightened their credit requirements the way that they did. But they have in anticipation of problems and to try to keep 2007 and 8 from happening again, which they will be successful at is what we think. So we'll watch that. But at, at top my, uh, you know, as we top off our discussion here with it, don't worry about it. I don't think that's going to be the main issue. Lenders need to relax their standards some so that the uh, credit scores can go down a little bit, so that the debt to income levels can, can go up a little bit, so that we can get more borrowers out there. That's, that's baked into our assumption that this is gonna uh, be a rather uh, gentle uh, decline in housing starts, where we're, we're gonna end the year uh, on a 12-12 basis, 0.3% above year-ago levels. We're gonna go slightly into negative territories on the 312 rate of change, so it's not like we think it's gonna be flat. There is some decline. The 12-month moving total is going to move down to about 890 units. You know, so there is a decline going on here. But the permits are so strong that we think that we're going to see some rise. Mortgage rates are very interesting and suggest that there's more rise uh, ahead, too, out there in, in uh, 21. Now, remember, we have this mild decline in 20. Don't, don't worry about you know, unemployment because unemployment in 21 begins to go down which means that there are people out there who have their jobs back and we can begin to see builders and bankers and people be more confident in the future. So expect that as the employment numbers are terrible now, that's consistent with our forecast of mild recession. But as they begin to improve in 21, that's also consistent with our forecast of housing recovery. Now, one statement that I want to address says, you know, while unemployment is high and businesses are not hiring, how can housing be strong? Well, it can't which is why in 20, we have it going down, but that will not be the case in 21. We think businesses will be hiring and unemployment will begin to come down. Uh, so that by the end of 21, uh, we're somewhere around a 7% unemployment rate, much better than today. All right, let's move on. Uh, three or four of you asked about gold in our outlook for gold. We do not have a specific gold forecast. That is not something that we do here at ITR, uh, unless it's a special request, but we haven't had one of those in a long time. Uh, so I don't have a, a specific forecast uh, to share with you. However, given the inflationary expectations for later in this decade, and given the fear that's going on, it would be normal to expect some upside movement in gold prices as we head into the future. 
I cannot tell you the strength of that rise, just that you it would be rational, normal to expect some rise as we go forward. Somebody else asked for a uh, flat rolled uh, forecast, steel forecast. We don't have a flat rolled uh, forecast per se. All we do have is an iron and steel production forecast. Uh, we're pro projecting that iron and steel production will end 2020 8.1% below 2019. There'll be a rise in 21. You look for the three month moving average and the three month and the 312 rate exchange, excuse me, to reach a low uh, rate of change to reach a low late in 2020. And then the 12 month moving average to reach a low in early 21. And, and so you're gonna see some rise in the last three quarters on a 12 month moving basis, on a three month moving average basis, all of 21 will be seeing some rise. But expect some pain through the rest of this year. Uh, a couple of you folks asked about that software discussion we had. I'm glad you're on the, the webinar, by the way. I was hoping you'd be there when I put that in there. Uh, I think there was some confusion over the title and, and what I said. The title had said that there would be a recession in, in equipment and software into early 21. And that's the key. It's into early 21. Think first quarter. And then there will be a, a recovery. There'll be a rise in business spending on equipment and software through the rest of 21, think the last three quarters, and into 22. There is always a, a uh, case of some markets will be different, and whoever asked that question was asking about a specific market of theirs. Uh, I'd have to look at your numbers. I would have to look at your markets. I'd have to look at your customers to give you the, the outlook that you're specifically asking for. But if your customers are like most banks, most people, most businesses, when the economy is tough, when things are soft, they're not generally going to rush right out and spend money on upgrades on systems and software and, and such. Uh, most people get rather tight-fisted and CFOs, CEOs tend to say no a lot more when you're on the backside of the business cycle. And depending on the industry they're in, uh, that could last uh, a while. So I'm going to just remind you, soft, mild recession in software into early 21, and then expect things to get better on the other side. Uh, what will a recovery in Boston look like? It'll look like a normal recovery that we've been talking about. It'll be uneven. Uh, you're going to find that GSP from Massachusetts and for the city begin to improve in the third quarter, start getting better after that. Nothing different, particularly remarkable. Somebody asked about Toronto real estate. I, I look at Toronto real estate once a year, and uh, that will be in August. But the times that I have looked at in the past, it's been artificially driven up because of foreign investment, especially uh, from China. And it has been a, an overheated market. So what would, I, what would I expect without having looked at the numbers is without a lot of influx of people from China, a lot of money coming in, that prices will have softened, the market will be depressed, activity will be down, making it a buyer's market. Uh, but in 21, that returns to a seller's market uh, later in the year, certainly in 22, if not uh, in the latter part of 21. All right. Will 2030 uh, outlook for the De Great Depression change because of all this debt? That's, that's a phenomenally uh, uh, trillion-dollar question with $4 trillion of currency being created or spent that we don't have. It's, it's a huge question. The answer right now is no. Uh, we don't see it coming in from 2030. It, this just adds to the 2030 outlook. There's a piece that we need to talk about, and that is the confidence that people have in the United States. If they lose confidence in our nation and our taxing and our budgets 
if they see that all of a sudden we've embraced modern monetary theory and we're just printing money and nothing matters anymore, then they're going to lose confidence in our ability to continue to de the debt load without just manufacturing money, which means that the currency is devalued, which means why should they bother to lend us money if the currency is going to be greatly devalued? We're not there yet. That's a 2030 uh, issue. So uh, thank you for the question. You can relax. The Great Depression is still on track, but for 10 years from now, which uh, means it's of great concern to you if you're uh, under the age of, say, 55. If you're over the age of 55, relax. You'll be watching it from the comfort of wherever uh, you'll be sitting at the time. How critical are hotels, restaurants, and travel to the recovery? Well, critical is not the word I would use. They're, they're certainly important. We're going to see a slow return. That's baked into our forecast as well. We're not looking for a, a sharp V here. We're, we're looking for hotels and restaurants and travel to make their way back upward in the second half of the year. Uh, and we're going to see some, some improvement in 21. We're going to continue to see things move back up. If there is a second wave, if all of a sudden the governments, each state throws a switch again, sends us all home, shuts down businesses, well, of course, that's going to just uh, shut down the economy and all of our forecasts will change. So there, there, what you asked about is really the canary in the mine. We're going to be watching retail sales. We'll be watching travel. We'll be watching restaurants. And if we see people venturing out in greater and greater numbers, willing to sit closer and closer and closer as the quarters go by, uh, certainly good news. But it is more the canary than the uh, bottom line or the critical factor that maybe was uh, thought of as the question was asked. Michigan construction. Uh, Michigan construction is it's, you know, going to be like most states uh, as far as the residential side. Permits are up. Uh, permits are uh, above year-over-year levels on a 312 basis, the quarterly year-over-year basis, 11.2%. That's certainly good. On a 12-month basis, it's at year-over-year levels. But the pressure's up, and that means that as there's more uh, economic release, as there's more going on with people getting back to work and the uh, industries that, except for automotive that make up Michigan pick up speed, it means that the residential side will do well. Now on the commercial side, it's not nearly as bright a picture. Uh, when we look at starts, not work in process that we would get from federal sources, this is a private source where we look at just the starts of commercial construction by value in the state of Michigan, the 12-12 rate of change, the 12-month year-over-year comparison, is 68.2% below year-ago levels. And the 312 has dropped to 97% below year-ago levels. It's the lowest rate of growth in nine years. Now, th these numbers are notoriously volatile, uh, but they are giving us an indication that through the near term, there's not going to be a lot of new commercial construction work in the state of Michigan. Residential will be the, the stronger side to be on. Not a lot is the operative phrase there. It doesn't mean none. It just means not a lot and likely to come in below 2019 levels. Uh, a related question to construction had to do with Texas. And uh, Texas, the, the permits are uh, doing fantastic as opposed to a lot of states. The month of March saw the single family permits uh, post a, an incredible February to March rise, the best that we've seen in 13 and a half years. Uh, it, it's, it's absolutely a, a pretty amazing. And despite the, the, uh, the best single month rise uh, that we've seen in, in 13 and a half years, uh, the overall trend, the seasonality and, and such are, are not horribly impressive. So take my national outlook for housing 
and apply it to Texas. Maybe instead of being uh, mildly negative, it's more flat, but you're not out of the woods. Uh, you're going to feel some of that macro pain, especially if you're around Houston, you know, or anything around the oil industry. Uh, this pain is, is going to uh, continue for a while yet. When it comes to commercial construction starts, the data trend is declining off of a November 2019 record high. So just like Michigan, only at a higher amplitude, but you're gonna see less activity, we believe, in 2020 as we go forward. Money will be tighter, lending will be uh, dried up. People will hesitate to put millions of dollars into the ground, especially if they're believing that there is a huge second wave, especially if they're believing the economy is headed into a great depression that is gonna last for years. The end of mankind is on our doorstep. You know the stories that are out there, the ones we tried to dispel in our webinar. Uh, so that's going to have that negative impact on uh, commercial construction. Also related was a question about construction, and I'm going to throw in other trade associations. Uh, will membership slip this year? And the answer is most definitely yes. As I've looked into that trade association membership in the past, tough economic times uh, quickly chose, closes checkbooks. And as it closes checkbooks, uh, you're going to find that your membership and your revenue is going to feel some pain this year. Your contractors or uh, associations are certainly going to feel some of that. Fear will cause them to hold on to their money, even if they are doing well, because they won't trust that long term uh, this, is, this is real. It'll come back in 21, but yes, you should expect some pain in, in 20. How much it's going to be impacting you is a question of your marketing, your phone calls, your door-to-door, -door, as it were and how much uh, of the positive economic news you can share with them through webinars. Uh, another uh, person asked about the prices of cattle and, and milk, uh, basically with, with all the dumping going on and the cattle gone. Uh, certainly a shortage of milk is not really a problem. Uh, it's produced every day. So having to dump some doesn't change much about tomorrow. Uh, but the, when cattle is gone, uh, that's a different story because you just don't replace them tomorrow. They need to grow into position. So if we have created a shortage of cattle through the near term, that will increase uh, beef prices as we go into the future. So higher prices for consumers and for distributors and everybody along the chain is what can be expected. Uh, I was interested in the question about stagflation. I haven't heard that term in a while, and I thank you for bringing it to my attention. Uh, stagflation, for those of you that are, you know, are old enough, is, is to be dreaded and feared. Uh, and the question was, am I worried about it returning? The answer to that is no. I don't worry about a lot. It's a concern, but not a worry. Uh, it's not what we are projecting. Uh, we think the solid economic factors that we had before COVID will become the solid economic factors that we had after COVID. And that will provide for the demand pull for goods so that we won't see a, a inflation without uh, economic expansion. That demand pull will be real. It's not just going to be because of higher prices. It'll be led by demand, higher wages, higher prices uh, uh, that we're able to pay. So we'll be demanding more goods. And as we're doing all that, the economy spools up along with inflation as opposed to separate from inflation. Uh, the inflation outlook is, is not... Uh, anything you need to worry about in 2000, disinflation, deflationary pressures actually in 2000. But in the year 21, you want to expect inflation to run in the 2% to 2.8% range, especially in the second half of the year. So still well within comfortable tolerances of the Federal Reserve Board. Uh, when it gets to 2.8, they may nudge um, in interest rates, the Fed funds rate a little bit. 
And I don't think they'll be terribly aggressive because there'll still be a lot of worries. That's more into 22. And then as we see the economy softening in 22, uh, you're not likely to see them get overly aggressive there either. So uh, you're not going to see a lot of interest rate movement over the next couple of years, which provides a good opportunity for the Fed because they won't be having a larger and larger share of the, of the federal budget going out the door on interest payments. And it's a good opportunity for you personally and corporately to go out there and get some low cost money to invest in yourself, buy that home, expand the business, buy a business, do whatever it is you need to do. If you've got a good balance sheet, go out there and use it. And I think you're going to find that uh, it'll work for you. Are taxes going up? Uh, Probably, but I can't guarantee that. I think sometime in the future, they probably have to, unless, don't you hate it when an economist says unless, but unless we decide that as a nation, modern monetary theory is to be believed. If modern monetary theory, which says that it doesn't matter how much government debt there is, because you can always just print it, it doesn't really matter, becomes more than a guide, but it becomes the, the, the policy, it becomes officially recognized, then you don't need to raise taxes. But you notice that Congress still talks about how are we gonna pay for this? And there's still talks about raising taxes on individuals and raising taxes on businesses to pay for that. That means that they have not adopted modern monetary theory yet. And that would suggest that at some point in the future you could see an increase in corporate and personal taxes. When is obviously a difficult question, but I'll go this far with you. If we see the White House uh, goes over to the Democrats and we see that the three Republican seats are lost in the Senate to Democrats, then Democrats would control the White House, the House of Representatives, and the Senate. And as they do that, I think it increases the likelihood of increased taxes on one way or another on businesses and on high uh, net worth individuals. So are taxes going up? Yeah, I really do think so. Uh, whether it'll go up on you or not, it's a function of your business, uh, your business uh, formation, and your personal revenue as we go forward. Wages for not in a non-college world, what's going to happen? Well, you know, it's a, that's a fascinating topic too. It's actually a chapter in our new book that Brian and I are writing, which is cleverly called Book Four at the moment, where we talk about college tuition and we look at the uh, loan payments and what it means to individuals and to the economy and to the country. Uh, fun chapter to go through. But to answer your question, what's going to be happening in wages uh, for non-college graduates? Uh, let's talk about truckers, carpenters, and, and everything else. Not much through the near term because there are a lot of people out there that can fill that job or where we had virtually no unemployment just uh, six weeks ago, eight weeks ago, all of a sudden we're, you know, we have a lot of unemployment and a lot of training that can go on. And as we have a flood of labor into non-college positions, that means that wages will not be going up quickly. And by the way, the same is true of marketing. The same is true of just about any field. As people have lost their jobs, 30 million people, my goodness, that's an that's a incredible amount. It's mind-boggling. That means that uh, most of us can be replaced, which means most of us will not be seeing a lot of wage increases anytime in the near term. If you want to keep your best, you're going to give them some. You're not going to play that card, uh, but you don't have to as you go through the next year. All right. With all of that, we have run through our questions. I hope that it helps you. I hope that you these answers find their way to you. And I, more than anything, hope that you plan with confidence that things are going to get better. This is May, so seven months out. You should be seeing it in GDP. You should be seeing it in your rates of change. You should be seeing it in your 
order trends if you're tracking them uh, for most of the businesses that are listening to me. Seven months, you can do it, you can get there. Thank you for being part of ITR. Thank you for being part of our webinar series. And thank you for letting me answer your questions. I hope you have a great day.